want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. Are y'all ready for the word? Come on, let's do it again. Y'all ready for the word? All right, then take your Bibles out, turn them on, open it up. We're going to go to 1 John, okay? Now, that's not the book of John, not the gospel John. It's further on down, so keep turning, okay? And you know you've gone too far if you get to 2 John, okay? (laughs) That's just a funny joke. I've I've told it four times now, and, and I still laugh every time I say it. First John, and the reason, while you're turning there, let me just tell you uh, what we're going to talk about today, okay? We're in a series called Stronger Me. This isn't a self-help, um, uh, th- that motorcycle just completely threw me off. Did y'all hear it go by? I thought it was the rapture. I thought it was Gabriel blowing a trumpet, and we were still here. What's up with that? I know, seriously, uh, I, I, we're, it's not a self-help message. This is not about you being stronger in yourself. We just came off a series called Stronger Faith, and now we're talking about the practical side of faith and how do we grow the arms and legs of faith? How do we become active in our faith? How do we become uh, doers of our faith, of his word? And, and today, I couldn't wait to talk to you about the message I got today. Um, this is one of my favorite subjects. But once I start here in a minute, some of you are going to go, oh, I love it when he talks about this. Uh, I love it. This, this is why I'm here is because I love this message, okay? And, and others of you are, are, are going to say, okay, hang on. Uh, is it that good? And I'm just going to tell you, this is one of the greatest revelations that God did in my heart. This changed my life. And I don't, I don't mean anything that I've done. This is something that God did in me, and I'm not the same person, I have ever been because of what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? And, and I want to go to 1 John chapter 1, uh, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, <clears throat> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, okay? Are we on a track in here? But test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. It starts with a warning. It's, it's this warning where uh, he's saying, listen, not everything you hear, you need to believe. You, you should test the Spirit. You should test it, not, not, not with what you would test it with, but test it with the personality, the heart, and the Word of God. Um, to give us another idea of this translation, I just read out of the New King James Version. Let me read you the Message Bible, and this is the same thing we just read, just, just said a little bit differently. It says, my dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. Okay, that's, that's so good. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. So I want to start today off with a question. We haven't got to what I'm going to talk about today, but I'm going to start off with a question. And the question that I have so far based on this is how do we know if it's God? How, how do you know it's God or not? So, so much about this warning is there's a lot of lying preachers out there. There's a lot of people who, who really want probably the best for people, 
but they're, they're, they're almost manipulative in getting good things out of them. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, and 1 John continues in, in chapter 4, and it answers this question for us. The, the first answer of how do we know if it's God or not, it says this, by this you will know the Spirit of God. Ding! That, that's pretty good. How do you know? By this. This you will know whether it's the Spirit of God or not. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh, come in the flesh, is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. In fact, a little further down, it talks about the spirit of Antichrist. And what does anti mean and Antichrist mean? It means anti-Christ. It means it doesn't have anything to do with Christ. We don't believe in his deity. We don't believe that he... We don't believe he rose from the grave. We, we don't believe. And this is the anti of what we actually believe in this room. We believe that he was born of a virgin Mary. We believe that he is God with us. He is Emmanuel. We believe that he lived, taught, spoke of the kingdom of God, spoke of the kingdom that's coming. He told everyone that he is the Messiah, that the only way, the truth and the life is through him, Jesus Christ that he was crucified on the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is our foundational truth. And if anybody doesn't follow that, he says, you've you got to pay attention. That's the number one sign. You'll know they're not of God when they do not give Jesus the credit that he deserves. But there's a second thing, and it goes to the very next verse. verse oh, it goes down a little bit, verse 7. And it said, this is, this is very important. I want you all to pay attention. The first one, you get it. Number two, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For, and listen very closely, love is of God. For, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Look at the very next verse. It says, And he who does not love does not know God. But look at the detail of this very next thing that it says. A minute ago said, love is of God. But here it's more specific and it says, for God is love. Uh, two things that jumped out there with two answers. Number one, you have to understand who Jesus is. And, and we don't negotiate on that. That's, not, that's non-negotiable. The second one is this. You'll know them because they know what love is. Because God is love. Now, let me just stop real quick because it can be, go from very specific to very vague. Would you agree that if I asked 12 people in the world t today, maybe even in this room, what is love? We might just come up with 12 different answers. If I, if I was just to ask you, what's love? Some people would say, well, it's Tina. Tina, Tina Turner had it right, man. What's love got to do with it? And then somebody else would say, well, love is acceptance. And somebody else will say, well, love, love is getting along with everybody. And, and if you ask 12 people what love is, you're probably going to get 12 different answers. But I just want to stop you real quick and let you know, as believers in Christ Jesus, there is a specific definition of what love is. Now, for everybody that's ever heard me speak on love before, you're like, oh, here we go. Ty loves love. And I do because it changed me. It changed my heart. It changed my attitude. It changed the person I am. It changed everything about me. I am a better person because love lifted me. It's a testimony. It's my testimony. It really is. And, and I want to show you about this because we got to ask this question now. A minute ago, we asked, um, how do we know if it's God? But now the question is, what is, what is love? 
What is love? And that's why tonight, my message, if we're going to talk about a stronger faith and a stronger me, we've got to have a stronger understanding of what love is. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we love you. There's somebody in this room that needs this. There's somebody, uh, including me. I, I need to hear this over and over and over again. And Father, today, I just invite your presence here. Holy Spirit, you have your, your way with us. Teach us, guide us, show us. Holy Spirit, there is nothing we can learn if you don't teach it to us. And so we open our hearts and our heads and our, and our spirit to your knowledge and understanding. Anoint me as I teach today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're going to continue in verse 4, or chapter 4. Look on down. Verse 9, it says this. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. Isn't that cool? In this way, you guys got to see the love of God. That God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. This is where salvation came from. In this, in this act, in this thing that God did in bringing his son in God incarnate on, on earth, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yeah. Love is the expression towards us. It's God's expression towards us in that when we did not choose him, God, God still chose us. And I want you to think of the depth and the width and the size of that. How many of you would give your life for a person? I, I, I would give my life for my kids. Uh, I'd give my, but, but I can't think of one person in this room I'd give my life for. And, and think about this. How many would give their life for a good person? I mean, I have to think about it. Maybe if I was like 94 I might think about it. I might think about it then. But how many of us would give our life for an awful person, a, a horrible person? Just think of the worst person you can think of. Would you give your life for them? And yet, you want to know the depth and the width and the size of God's love? He gave his life for all mankind. If that's not love, then, man, you, that, that's about the... That's the biggest love the world's ever seen. But let's keep working this idea of love out. We're going to continue. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. And somebody in the room should go, phew, because that's kind of an issue. I, I, I've never seen him. I, he, I, he's never shown up right before me. And, and that the scripture says, listen, no one, you, you can't see God. You can't see God. But God abides in us. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. If you've ever seen real love take place, and we're going to get to that here in a minute, you've seen God. You've seen him at work. He's right there. Next verse. By this we know, verse 13, that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his, here's the word again, Spirit. Judge the spirits. Remember I said this at the beginning? There's a lot of false teachers out there. So judge the spirit. And here it says, you will know him because of his spirit. Because his spirit gives the personality of God. Everything God does. And if God is love, there's some specific personalities that come out that love specifically is. And the last thing to remember is this. In, in verse um, 
is it, is it 16? Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Let me show you some fun stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really going to show you a lot of scripture today because I want you to understand that all throughout scripture, and that's where we base our belief system on, is what does the Bible say? And I want to show you some other scriptures that are not, not found in 1 John, but, but in other areas. And, and I just want you to see the depth and the width of how important love is in your faith. It's, it's impossible for you to have a stronger faith if we don't have a stronger love. Because a stronger love always works in how we treat people. And we always treat people according to how God treated us. Is forgiveness important? Why is forgiveness so important? The answer is because you were forgiven. Why is grace so important towards somebody? Has anybody in here ever received grace? Have you ever been given patience? Well, sure you have. Your God has been patient with you. And so we should be patient with others. And it's this whole story of love. Let me show you some amazing scriptures. You just sit there and relax. Good job. Um, John chapter, John, John 3, 16. Ever heard that one before? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the story of how salvation can happen in your heart right now. Right now, right there in your seat, when you realize you just have to believe. Just believe. And, and, and ask him, Father, I need you. John chapter 13, verse 34 says this, a new commandment. Now that threw him off back in the day. Can you imagine all the commandments they had to keep? And Jesus turned to him and said, I want to give you a new commandment. I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know what's amazing about this is that he didn't say, everybody's going to know you're with me if you go preach to them. Everybody's going to know you're with me if you quote a lot of scripture. That kind of worked against me tonight, huh? But, but, but he doesn't say that. He says, they're going to know you're with me because you loved them. They, they may slap you. That's okay. You turn the other cheek. And they're going to sit there and think, no one does that. No one turns the other cheek. It, it, it's, it's so hard for our normal human minds to wrap our brains around what love really is. And tonight we're going to try it. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And for every marriage in the world that you would go, we just don't, we're losing our love and feeling. Oh, oh hang on. Maybe you, maybe that's just it. Love's been a feeling for you. Love, love isn't a feeling. Love is an action. It's a verb. And there are specific things that love are, and we're going to get to that, but I want you to say, you've got to put it on. You've got to put it on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, so now, you know this one, Faith, hope, and love. Are those three incredible things? Faith, that's what we're talking about. Hope, man, that's where I'm, I'm at. Love, what does it say? These three, but the greatest of these is love. And the very last one that, that I want to read to you, and this one changed my life. Oh my gosh. Man, I get choked up. Oh my goodness. There is no fear in love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 13, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, 
because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The reason why this one's so important to me is because um, I know what that torment feels like. I don't know if you know my story, but I, I, I basically cut my teeth in church. Uh, we were always in church. We went through several different churches, and each one of them had a specific role in the maturity process that God was bringing me through. Um, you name a denomination, and I, I bet you I've been there. And, and I, I tell you what, each one were so specific and, and incredible for where I was and our family was at the time. Each one of them had a role in the development of me being me today. But um, there was this, this teaching that came out that I don't know where I picked it up and I don't know how I got it and I don't know who gave it to me. And I kind of have a feeling it was something I kind of put on myself. But it was, this, it was this mentality of tormented faith. And, and tormented faith in the form of that, that I don't know why I just accepted that God was upstairs very frustrated with how long it took me to get it. That I saw God as half mad all the time, and I saw God as... As, as, as let's move this along, but, but I didn't see God as love. Um, I could see all the reasons why he would be upset with me. I could see all the reasons why he was mad at me. But to, to experience love that didn't involve torment um, and, and fear and, and, and regret and, and disappointment, it was just so foreign to me. So I just thought it was a part of being a Christian to always live in guilt, constant guilt. Wake up in the middle of the night, uh, the kind of guilt to where you always were afraid you were going to hell. And what I mean by that is I mean, hell's, hell's a whole other subject, but let me just be specific. Is I remember being a kid and thinking, if, if, if I'm turning the TV channel, and this may sound stupid to you, but I remember being a kid, turn the TV channel, and you always come across those channels that you, you, know, you didn't mean to get on, but you're on, and you saw something you shouldn't have seen. And I remember thinking, what if you don't make it in time to turn the channel and the rapture happens while that's on. <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember thinking, you better repent right now. And, and I would write there so that I wouldn't go to hell because, because that's how teeter-tottery I was on you could lose your salvation that quick. That is how fast God can change his mind on you. And it hurt. Imagine being 13, 14 years old and being that scared, loving God with all of your heart, all of your heart. But he was, he, and I mean this respectfully, this is going to mean to somebody in the room, I just want you, this is how I've narrowed it down to. God was my abusive father. And, and that's the best way I just can describe the fear I had in my heart. To show you what I mean, I, I, it would be something like, imagine a little boy that would go to his room and he would want to paint his daddy a picture. And he's painting daddy a picture and he's getting it all ready and he's getting it great and he's painting all the, he's picking all the best colors and he can't wait to show daddy a picture and he gets it all ready and he takes it to dad and he goes up to his father God and he goes, hey, dad, I made you something. And he presents it to God and God goes, you know I don't like red. I don't like red. And you go, oh, 
Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I should have known that. Hell, red. I shouldn't have used, he didn't use red. And, and so then I used blue because God's got to be a blue. He's in heaven. He must like blue. And so you do a lot of blue. And you know God likes orange, so you got to use a lot of orange. And, and, so you, and then you go back. He's like, okay. And you go back to God and you go, okay, I think I've got it. And you present it to God. And God takes it and he goes, I didn't say get rid of all the red. How come you always get rid of all the things that, that don't you have to use red all the time? And I know that sounds vile. I know that sounds horrible. But there are people, you, you, I've preached this message three times now this weekend, and you're my fourth one. Do you know after each service, someone walked up to me and said, did you really see God like that? And I, I just stopped and I said, 100%. And they said, hearing you tell that story, it made me realize I'm not crazy. And I said, do you feel it too? And they said, every day. I said, okay, you're in the right place then. You're in the right place. Because this is the place where we're going to talk about how much God loves you. How much God loves you. And let me just tell you, there's some things that you really need to be doing. There's a whole list of of blessings that come from doing something. A part of faith is doing what God asks you to do. Everywhere, God, God turns and says, if you'll do this for me, and God opens another path, something awesome from doing something. Over and again, faith is action. But here's the dangerous part. As a pastor, to be really honest with you, I can want so much for you to experience God's blessing. I can get very frustrated with you as a church because here I come in, I'm like, do you see that God wants to do this and we need to do this? And I don't want to do that. I think I could live, I, I could live your life better than you can live it. Okay? And that's the thing that every pastor struggles with. They want so much for their sheep that sometimes we get a little bit too involved in your story. And I've had to learn over the years, that's not my job. Here's the number one reason why. If you do something because I tell you to do it, you've only drawn closer to me and you haven't done it because of faith. There's two things that can happen. Either faith takes place because you did it for the Lord, or force takes place because you did it because the pastor told you to. And God's not in the business of force. God's in the business of faith. But everything I did, I did because this is what God wants me to do, and this is how you win God's love. And this is what I do, and this is how I win God's love. And this is what I do, and this is how you win God's love. And I had to understand If I never did anything for God, it doesn't change how much he loves me. And give you proof, my son could move out of my house tonight, and I love that boy more than he will ever know. My my son could mess up before the the sun goes down. Maybe you already did. (laughs) And I might be disappointed, but it doesn't change how much I love him. 
the story of the prodigal son is one of the most amazing stories you'll ever read because when the son rebelled, the father was still on the front porch waiting for his son. When the son was, was partying, he was still on the front porch waiting on his son. When he was in the pig pen, he was still on the front porch waiting on his son. His love for his son never changed. And God's love for you. You know why you can't win God's love? He already loves you right now more than anything you could ever do. So relax. Relax. And what I had to learn is, is love. Love is as real as God is. And I had to realize that nothing I could do to win, could win God's love. That's how amazing love is. It really is. And now all of a sudden, I began to take this journey because I had a really dear friend who turned to me and said, Ty, I really think you should read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I, let's go there real quick because this is going to shine some light. And, and this is good for every one of us to get sharpened on. If you've never heard this before, you've got to hear this, this next thing. This changed my life forever. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. Though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but not have love, I am nothing. So you're telling me right here that I can speak in tongues and I can preach a great message, but if I don't have love, none of it matters. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if I have not love, it profits me nothing. And then we run into the definition of love. For love is patient. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and love never fails. Each one of these can be translated a different way. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not strut. It is not arrogant. It goes on and on. You could, you could translate it uh, uh, to where you could understand a little bit better. But my friend turned to me, and he says, have you ever read that before? And I said, I've heard that a million times, like at every wedding I've ever been to. And, and he says, yeah, but, but do you believe that God is love? And he took me to scriptures in 1 John, and he began to explain to me about God is love, and love is God. He said, Ty, do you believe that? And I said, absolutely, I believe that. And he said, okay, would it be safe to say that you could take out love in 1 Corinthians and replace it with God? What? Yeah. I guess you could. I mean, if God is love, then you could say God is. Go down the list. He goes, let's try it. He says, and then I'm going to ask you, what do you think? Do you think it's true or not true? Okay. So in the very first one, it's love, love is patient. He said, do you believe that God is patient? And I said, no. He said, why don't you believe God is patient? And I said, because I am slow. I mean, God may be patient to a lot of people, but for me, it takes me a little longer to get it than most people. I mean, I'm the guy that when I open my Bible, I can, I can read all the way through my Bible and not remember anything I read. You guys have the same problem? 
Do you guys, do you guys ever start reading and reading and you get through chapter one and you're like, what did chapter one just say? <laughs> and, and, and my problem was, is I could just see God upstairs going, Heather got it the first time. <laughs> and God was always impatient, always impatient. It's like, I didn't move fast enough. I didn't give fast enough. I didn't, I didn't act fast enough. Come on, you could have got that 30 seconds ago. Come on, we got, the world is passing by. Souls are mattering. Come on, let's go. Literally could see God tapping his foot like this. He said, dang. All right. Um, he said, do you believe that? Okay, the next one is love is kind. Do you see God is kind? I said, if I was easier to wait on, then yes, but it's just me. It's not God. God's not the problem. It's me. I think he would be kinder to me if I did a better job. Can you hear the works behind it? And, and, and he goes, well, what does your works have to do with God's kindness? And I go, are you kidding me? He's God. I mean, I'm the one that knows that any minute... Something bad could happen because I'm not moving fast enough. And now my friend is like looking at me like, you are tormented, aren't you? He goes, the next one. Love does not envy. Love does not strut. Love is not arrogant. God is not envious. God does not strut. God is not arrogant. He said, do you believe that about God? That God's not arrogant? That God doesn't parade himself around? I said, no, he's God. He can parade himself around. He is God. I mean, when I grew up, he wasn't God. He was God. He said, well, how do you see him as God's not envious? Do, do you think that God is envious? And I said, like jealous? He said, yeah, like jealous. Do you see God is jealous? I said, yeah, that's the first one. God is jealous. And he goes, well, tell me what jealousy means to you. I said, God wants everything I've got. I mean, it's, it's like the cost of the pull of great price. What is the cost of the pull of great price? You've got to give everything, but in the end, it's worth it. And he goes, man, you're just backing up scripture and living a tormented life, aren't you? You're going to end up giving everything you have and being the definition of the first of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 of you can be burned, you can give everything you have, you can preach a great sermon, you can prophesy, you can speak in tongues, but the whole time you never knew the heart of your Father in heaven. And we went down all through there. Each one of these, I would say God's not that, God's not that, God's not that, God's not that. I can see love being like that, but that's definitely not God. And he goes, well, we just covered that God is love. And God, this is the personality of love. And this is the personality of God. He said, Ty, I want to tell you something real quick. I think you know more about the devil than you do God. And I said, I'm a preacher. And he goes, but this means you can quote scripture. It doesn't mean that you know how much God loves you. It woke me up to, is God really patient? This began an entire flush in my heart. And let me tell you why it's so important. Because this whole message and this whole series is for us to have stronger faith. And today's message is a stronger me message about stronger love. And let me just ask everyone a question. 
Could you ever love someone that you don't trust? Come on, think about it. Could you ever love someone that you don't trust? And, and the reason I ask that is because faith has everything to do with trusting God. You've got to trust him. You've got to know that through good or bad, God's got a plan. You've got to know that if it gets worse from the moment you walk out of this room, every one of your friends and Job's friends were like this. What did you do wrong? What did you do wrong? What did you do wrong? And you've got to look them in the eyes and go, I didn't do anything wrong. And I can tell you just because it's bad doesn't mean that God's not good. Come on, that deserved an Amen. Just because it goes bad doesn't mean that God's not good. And I'm not at the end of God's story yet. And I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting on the inside like Job was hurting, okay? But I can tell you right now, I can look you in the eye. And I can tell you I have such a trust in God because I know the love he has for me. And trust is based on love. And faith is based on trust. And the only way that you're ever going to grow in your faith is when you first know how much he loves you. And when you know how much he loves you, you're going to trust him. And when you trust him, you're gonna, your faith is going to grow in leaps and bounds. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Tithing was always one of those things that, that I did because I was supposed to do. And my friend turned to me and said, you know what I'm going to have you do? And this may mess up somebody's theology right now. This may completely jack with you, but this is my story. And it was one of the most healthy things that ever happened in my life. My wife and I, we love to tithe. We believe the first 10% belongs to God. And, and that is how we honor God. And honor has just become this thing. I love honoring God. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a devotional right now. I'm eight, I'm eight days away from uh, finishing this devotional. It's about honor, honoring God. And I would not know how to honor God if I didn't know how much he loved me. But tithing was one of these things to where I gave because I was supposed to. I gave because I was going to be cursed if I didn't. And he said, I want you to quit tithing. I said, What? He said, yeah, I want you to quit tithing. And here's why. Because you're not doing it right. You're giving it out of fear. And you're not giving it out of faith. He said, do you read your Bible? I said, every day. He said, why? Because I'm going to go to hell if I don't. (laughs) And he goes, okay, I want you to quit reading your Bible. I said, you can't tell someone to do that. He goes, I just told you. Here's why. Are you remembering anything anyway? I said, well, no. So why are you reading it, he said. Out of obligation. He said, then you're not getting anything anyway. Because the only one who can reveal it to you is him, and you don't even know him. If God showed you something in there about his personality and his heart and his love for you and his greatness for you, would you even recognize it? So quit reading your Bible. You're doing it for the wrong reason anyway. He said, how's your prayer life? I said, I go to prayer every morning. He goes, do you go to sleep? And I said, yep. He says, how's that going? Well, I go into prayer, I bow my head, I pray for as much as I can, I pray the Lord's Prayer, and then I find myself dozing off. And for anybody else that goes to sleep during prayer, that should give you hope right now. You may be a pastor someday, okay? (laughs) He said, I want you to quit praying. 
I said, why? He He said, because you're praying out of obligation. You're not praying to the one who wants to talk to you because he loves you. And I had to go back on this whole revisiting of what I believe. And I had to step out of who I am and who I think God is. And I had to go back to this journey. Do you realize that for God so loved the world? Which means you. God so loved you that he sent his son so that you could know salvation and you could come back home. If he didn't do it for anybody else, he did it for you. And now all of a sudden, love began to show me that God is patient, that he wasn't in heaven stamping his foot like this, but he was the kind of father Would you come help me? Come here. You would bless me to no end if you come help me tonight. Who, I may just get choked up tonight. You're you're getting taller than me. If, if it takes a little bit longer to get it than, than you think. If, if, it's like everybody moves fast. Everybody gets there quick. Everybody seems to be smarter. Everybody seems to be brighter. Everybody seems to have it. And we don't even know what it is, but they seem to have it because we can all recognize it, but we can't define it. And you may see your father in heaven doing this, but he's actually doing this. I just like being with you. I could spend all day with you. We'll get there when we get there. And I'm wanting to move along too. But what I love about what you do is you give it your best every time. You stay with me and I'll stay with you. And I got patience to last for the both of us. And when I finally realized that that's how my father in heaven is, I trusted him. And you know why I trusted him? Because I just realized how much he loved me. Come on, there's another one. Let me show you. Just stay there, okay? Is God kind? And I can't think of anything better than a father who'd never leave you. Who a father would sit there and say, "Uh, you don't, you hear anybody? I don't hear anybody keeping score. I don't know all these voices you keep hearing because it's not me. And since there's nobody out there why don't you just stay tuned to my voice? I love it when you wake up in the morning. This is, this is a side note, but did you know that when you were little, I used to travel all over the country. I used to go to every high school rodeo. I used to go to every college rodeo I could. And you were about this big. True story. Is a true story? And I used to miss you so stinking much. When I would leave... I would go to the dirty clothes hamper and I would pull your pajamas out of the dirty clothes hamper. I really would. You'll understand someday as a dad, okay? You'll understand. And I would go to my hotel room and I would be a thousand miles away from home. I'd call your mom on the phone. I'd get to talk to you and you never talked back. And, And I would go to bed and I would take your pajamas and I would lay them on the pillows in the hotel room and I would sleep on your pajamas at night so I could smell you 
as I went to bed. You smelled a lot better back then than you do now. <laughs> you did. And, and why do I tell you that freaky story, okay? Because <laughs> until you're a parent, you will never understand the phrase, I could eat your guts. Come on, am I right, parents? Am I right? Until you're a parent... You will never understand. I could just eat your guts. I could just, I could just sleep on your pajamas. Okay. <laughs> and I may always want the best for you. I may always push you. But I hope I'm always kind to you. Because that's what love is. And that's what God is. You can go sit down. I, I, yeah. God thinks no evil, but God rejoices when the truth comes out. God can bear all things. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you've done. God can, God's not running. God's not running from you. God's not running from your situation. God can bear all things. God can believe all things, which means any situation, any situation, God's already sitting there going, if you just trust me, we might have to walk through this that you, you, you did. But if you'll hold my hand, and if you'll lean into me, I'll lean into you. And you, you might have done this, but that doesn't mean that I'm leaving you. And we're going to get through this. You stay close. And in any situation, God's the one turning to us going, I'm not going anywhere. God can hope in all things. And the very last one is God never fails. God never fails. I never get tired of talking about this. Because it never fails. God always brings people to this church that have been wounded. God always brings people in this church that have been hurt. Maybe from a pastor who really tried too hard. Loved, loved you enough to want God's best but just had that personality of controlling and domineering. And he did it for the right reasons, and he did it the wrong way. And people come into Cowboy Junction thinking, I'll never go back to church again. And then they try one more church. And God begins to talk to them. Don't be mad at him. Don't be mad at them. You're here, aren't you? And love's doing a work tonight. And the reason why it's so important is go back to, the, to what we said. When you understand the depth and the width and the height of your Father in heaven, you trust him. He's not going to hurt me. He loves me. And when you trust him, that's when your faith grows. So, so everybody in a minute ago that said, okay, you just, told, you just told everybody they don't have to tithe, they don't have to read their Bible, and they don't have to pray. Okay, stop. Now come back. Let me, let me tell you my whole story, okay? I know that jacked you up. Do y'all know that when I realized how much he loved me, and I don't have to read my Bible for him to love me more, I started trusting him. And I used to pray. I still I, I used to, I, I pray before I read. I said, okay. 
there's something in here you want to show me. Will you show it to me? And now I'm reading my Bible, not out of obligation, but because the scriptures are jumping off the pages. And now all of a sudden, trying to keep my eyes open for three minutes is no longer a problem. Sometimes I find myself to where I look at my watch, and I've been reading for three hours. And I'm highlighting, and I'm underlining, and I'm writing messages, and I'm typing stuff. And I'm, I'm, it's changed my life on how I read. Prayer. I quit going to prayer. But the more and more that I saw how much he loves me, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. See, I've been reading my Bible. <laughs> I begin to talk to him about it because he loves to talk to his children. I just begin to talk to him. Father, I just pray for my wife. And you know, it's lonely being single, God. It's really lonely being single. And he just keeps, he starts talking to me then. And he's like, just hold on. Heather's worth the wait. Heather's worth the wait. Heather's worth the wait. And, 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 and I tell you what, this prayer got me through some single years. And guess what? He was right. She was worth the wait. And my faith grew because I trusted him because I knew how much he loved me. And if God said it was worth the wait, I can trust God because he's got a plan. Right, right. Tithing. Let me speak to all the people in the room that you go, church just wants my money. Keep your money. Keep it. You don't know the heart. And the heart is until you know that God gave you everything. Until you know he's got even more. He's got cattle on a thousand heels. He is so good to his people. He loves me. He wants to show me how to manage money. He wants to show me how to invest. He wants to show me how to bless people. Be a blessing in the world you live in. Be a blessing. And, and back then, my old cruddy heart was so greedy and so self-centered and, and so abused and hurt. I, didn't, I couldn't have operated in finances correctly, so I just started loving him. I just started loving him. And he started showing me, you know, you could do that with that money. You could go to Africa. You go to Africa and tell people about me. You could, you could be a blessing to those people. I never forget when Heather told a story about buying some friend that she had a car. And, and it, it's a cool story. I'm sure I butchered it. But, but it's, this, it's this, all of a sudden, God went to work. Do you trust me, Ty? Of course I trust you. I know how much you love me. Okay, then if you trust me, I want you to take a leap of faith. I'm a little nervous, God. What do you want me to do? I want you to go back to tithing. Really? Because so-and-so told me that I needed to quit tithing. Well, look at your heart now. Are you a different person? Do you know how much I love you? Yeah? Do you trust me? Yeah. Then would you start tithing? Well, I cannot think of one reason why I wouldn't. Okay, and ha. Oh, it was the first time ever I didn't see God saying, this is all you're going to do? This is fun. All of a sudden, I'm skipping. I'm skipping. When Jesus says, come to me, my burden's light. My burden's light. Come on, I, I've gone too long. I, I, I got five minutes to shut it down. Come on, somebody needed this in the room. Somebody, you know what that abusive father looks like. Maybe you came from a denomination. Maybe you came from a church. Maybe you came from somewhere. Parents, whatever the case may be. Let me just tell you, they're not wrong. They're not evil. You gotta realize the battle's not against flesh and blood. People are not the problem. There's always a manipulation. There's always a spirit behind it. And it will jack you up. And it wasn't the people who did it. They're just as hurt as we are. So let it go. 
And I want you to know that here, we're not trying to do anything. We're trying to tell you. When you figure out how much he loves you, you'll trust him. And when you figure out how much you trust him, you'll start taking leaps of faith. And your faith will grow because you have a stronger love and a knowledge of God's love in your life. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Jesus, I'm drained. Man, that'll take it out of you. And, and I don't know. Ooh, it just, it just, this is one of the most important messages I think I've ever received from you. And I just pray to give somebody in the room some freedom. Just complete a breath of fresh air freedom. I do not have to do anything to win my father's heart. And right now, I just, Father, I just pray right now in people's seats, they would just feel your arm go around them to love on them. They're right now, in their seats right now, they would realize the first time they said, Jesus, I'm sorry, they were forgiven. And that might have happened a long time ago. But it is forgiven, it is done, it is over. Who the Lord has set free is free indeed. And Father, I just pray right now, anybody in the room that just just carries with them the burden of always trying to perform performance faith is not faith Jesus right now I just pray in this room that you would set people free not to be servants but to be your sons and daughters I think there's a crack that just took place in somebody's heart. And Jesus, today I just pray that you would just, just continually speak. You're here. And Father, I pray that you would do a great and mighty work in people's faith because of their trust in you. All because they realize that you are a good, good Father who loves their children. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Your father's so proud of you. Just with your head closed, or head bowed, I just want you to tell you, do you know that, that and this may sound corny, but I want you, this, this is the truth. Our Father in heaven carries pictures around. And he carries your picture around in heaven. And he flashes open his, his, his little wallet full of pictures. And he shows your pictures all the time. He shows your baby pictures. And he shows your faith pictures. And he shows. It's so embarrassing. When you get to heaven, people are going to go, we hear about you all the time. Your father loves you so much. You know, there's not a time that he doesn't sneak into your room at night just to watch you sleep. This is your father in heaven. This is God. Did you know that when you were born, he was was right there. He was right there and watched you come into the world. Did you know that as excited as you are about your future, it doesn't even compare? We hear all the time, wait till you see what I do next in their life. Wait till you see what I do next in their life. Wait till you see what I do next in their life. 
he talks about you all the time. He loves you so, so much. And you really ought to know that. You really ought to know that. You need to breathe. You need to relax. Because your Father in heaven, He sure loves you. Good night. Stand our feet. Two things. First one is this. Pastor Jeff and I are going to come right over here. And maybe you're in the room and you would say, Ty, I don't think I've ever accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Well, I've been there too. It's the greatest decision I ever made in my life. And I would love to lead you to the Lord. I would love to tell you what to do. Um, if that's you, while everybody's just moving out, would you come over here and I'd like to talk to you about more about that decision. Our prayer team's over here. And if there's anything that you need prayer for, they'd love to pray for you. Cowboy Junction, time for us to love God, love people. What's that? Oh, thank you. On the Cowboy Junction app this week, in fact, right now, you can download it on your phone. On the front page, we did something this week we haven't done in, 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 in forever. There's a message that I preached several years ago called the Love Series. And if tonight you're like, I needed that, there are 16 messages that I preached a few years back that changed our church forever. Those 16 messages are on the app, and they're absolutely free, and you can listen to every one of them. It breaks down every one of the characteristics of what love is. If you don't have an Apple device then you really need Jesus and you need to meet me over here. And I'll, I'll, but, but, but you can go to our, our website and right there on the front page, just click on it. There's all 16 messages when you pull it up, okay? And you can download them for free. That's how important I think this message is. And you could listen to one a day for the next 16 days, okay? But I, 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 we just want to make it available for you. It's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.